0: This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. King Kong!
1: King Kong ain't got shit
0: on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay
2: calm! Say my name, and here we go.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Grab your snacks. Get your popcorn ready. It's about to get realish. Today I am joined by the my esteemed co-hosts. First the podfather himself, Derek Myers, and then of course the one and only, the the hottest of takes all the way from Buffalo, my guy Matt Torado. How's it going, you guys?
0: Now, how you doing? How you doing, Chris? How you doing, Derek? Both of you looking as handsome as ever. Very
2: stylish. Appreciate you, man. You too,
1: you too. <laughs> a little wolfed out right now. You don't you don't gotta lie to me, but it's okay. We're we, we gonna bounce back soon. <laughs> hey
2: man, I was just looking in the mirror today. Like, I gotta go get a haircut. This life's just been
1: life <laughs> Yes. Life has been life but as always, it's only right that we carry on. Uh, before we move on, though, I'm gonna make sure that redirect all of you guys to make sure you're following us and the platform so ots media co on all social media platforms ots media on youtube we want to make sure that every one of these uploads is getting sent directly to your phone so you could get notified as well as um give you guys the opportunity to let us know how you're feeling about this stuff right we want some audience input we want to to make the shows more tailored to what you guys want to hear so looking forward to getting some more feedback there uh, but you could find me on Twitter at NegronMMA, MMA as well as on Instagram at Chris Negron underscore. Uh, Derek, where could they find you? Uh,
2: you can follow me at Derek underscore OTS on all
1: social media platforms. Nice. And what about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, sir. So you can find me over Instagram, Matt underscore T29.
1: Yes, sir. Who knows? Maybe one day he'll hop in the threads too, you know, but baby steps. Hey, you know, we gotta we gotta slowly expose Matt to the internet world, you know? Uh,
0: oh, I'm on threads, threads right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You are.
2: You are. I did yeah. see you on there Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, it's fun as hell in there, man. <laughs> yeah, I
1: yeah. haven't haven't fully made it to the dark side, but hey, uh, you guys have been asking me to hop on Facebook for months now, too. So who knows? Might might yeah. be another another year until I hop on threads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it's only yeah, fair. Sir. All
1: yeah, right, but sure. with all that being said, we 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 got a lot of things to do. So let's get right back into it. Um First, we're going to talk about some really important news going on in the world of film. Um, obviously there's a lot going on. There was already a lot going on, and the movement is only getting even bigger. Um, so really excited to talk about the sag after joining the strike and what it means for a lot of different anticipated films on the horizon. Um, and of course, just the profession and what and what everyone is doing. So um Interested to hear you guys' thoughts on that, but right after that, we're going to get into our feature presentation, um, where we'll be discussing Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and whether or not it is the best sequel of all sequels. So that'll be an interesting debate to be had. Um, But with all that being said, let's get to a more serious note, as I mentioned, for the second time in its history. SAG-AFTRA has joined in on the strike with the Writers Guild um, and has ceased all productions. I know that there's been a lot of different people requesting exemptions so they could continue to, um, <clears throat> what what's the word? So they can continue to promote their own films, uh, but we'll see where that goes. How, how do you guys feel about this news? The fact that this is happening for the second time in history and just the, the momentum, it, it seems to be on the horizon right now.
0: Yeah. yeah um I, I just have one message um just pay your fucking actors I, I, honestly like i understand this like a bare bones thing to say but like it's the reality i mean there, there's no excuse why these multi-billion dollar studios you know cannot you know pay crew members actors and the like you know the money they deserve. All the hours, the blood, sweat and tears that goes into the art of filmmaking that, you know, we've grown to appreciate over the years doing this podcast. And so to see actors, especially financially struggling, you know, having to take their own means of transportation to work, barely, you know, able to afford health insurance, it's just absurd to me. Um, and all of these, the man SAG, after a hat ha- let me see if I get the first yeah, Sad Astra aftra um, has, you know, published recently, we're not out of the question. I mean, these are, you know, human rights, <laughs> literally. I mean, you look at increased break times, increased compensation, you know, so I think there's, there's just no excuse on the part of the studios and I think um, it's the right thing to do. I think, you know, moving forward, you know, when or if, you know, these Respective strikes conclude. I think we're going to see some huge changes in Hollywood moving forward, um, and it's definitely going to be for the better.
2: So, yeah, no, I think um, honestly, it needed to happen because you see that um, the way that television and film are being broadcasted is completely different than than when um, what the last even the last five years, but more so because of streaming took over probably within, what, the last 12 years or so. You see that there's updated things that need to be addressed and streaming, you know, is, is, is the, uh, the biggest part of that. I mean, I, I understand the, you know, um, uh, do you know, addressing the breaks and stuff like that, but, um, payout is the majority reason, right? So like, if you're, if you have these streaming sites, and studios that are making money uh, off of these film and, and, and TV projects that the actors aren't even making any type of residual pay. Uh, I don't think writers are making residual pay on, off of it either. Um, there has to be a way to measure it. And, you, you know, like Netflix doesn't show I mean, I'm only going to use Netflix right now because that's the biggest one we can you know discuss, but they don't discuss And I don't think any streaming site really discusses their um, their viewership per project, right? You you see, you go onto the website and you see that it's ranked number one in in the country or whatever, but we don't see what the um, like the quote unquote box office is. We don't see what their payout is, Um, especially when you have a, a movie that's debuting on on a site, right? Like that's. Main re- the main reason I know why a lot of actors like Tom Cruise, for example, is fighting for mission, this new Mission Impossible film to be released in theaters. Um, of course, you know you want that because of the of the, the 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 movie theater experience and all the sound design and all that stuff that goes into <laughs> the film, but it's also avoiding that. You know. That payout discrepancy right like if it went straight to the streaming sites they're they're not getting the same pay as they would in you know in theaters and you can, where you can measure it so I think that's something that definitely has to be updated man I mean I think there's no way that you can actually uh, expect actors or writers to um, be taken advantage of this way when the pay is low uh you're trying to integrate AI into the process as well um and cut the pay for background actors you know i'm saying like that's that's one of those things where this thing is going to get real slippery and ai has to be um, regulated i don't think we're in a space where it's regulated to say we can utilize it for xyz but you know everybody's still able to keep their jobs (laughs) and i think we're going to end up seeing this kind of strike take place across um multiple industries anyway i don't think this is just going to be with the writers and with the actors in hollywood i think we're going to see this across uh, uh um a lot of industries like for example for like delivery and stuff like that so ups and fedex and all of them like i think we're going to end up seeing them go on strike at some point too pretty soon um so yeah it's got to be regulated man there's just got to be regulated there's no way that you can expect these people to be okay with
1: taking less a year getting exceedingly more for sure and i think the biggest most important point is just how like you said these are all things that are changed so much within the last couple of years compared to even when i was in film school right i I haven't been that far removed right but everything i was taught about distribution distribution windows then really no longer applies like like you said there's a lot of films that go straight into that second distribution window where there's no actual theater run and then, who knows, as far as the sort of percentage breakdown deals they have with these different streaming services, um, they know those numbers, right? There's oh, yeah, there's no do. way they don't know those numbers. Um, yeah. So that being public can also help in negotiations. But if all these things aren't written in stone, right, it doesn't matter how much of a cut they're getting directly from the streaming service if none of that is going to be going back to the people who actually were a part of the movie, right? So yeah, – exactly. um. Right it's really important that they're fighting for these things. And the fact that it kind of took this long, um, I think it was like sort of a collective awakening moment where everyone is sort of realizing, man, we're getting we're getting shafted here um, from many different yeah. angles. And I think something that's not even really considered too when we talk about this, is this is the percentage they wanna get of the actual tangible p- people that are watching these different films, right? Um, right. This is not even to speak of the underground market, where people are watching oh, these movies and these things illegally. And of course, none of that is going to be getting back to these people at all. So right. um, I think it's really important that they are able to get whatever they can from the actual market, right? The real market mm-hmm. that's out there. Um, mm-hmm. Because like you said, it's only a matter of fair trade, right? Um yeah. I can only imagine how many billions at this point streaming services have made off of these different deals where, okay, you're done with the movie entirely. Thank you. We'll give you this full amount. And now it's ours forever. And from that point on, what they're able to sell from that is way more than I'm sure some of the companies that sold their films could have even imagined. Right. So um, I think it's time that the times caught up with the technology. And I think, honestly, within the next coming years, these debates are only gonna continue to get crazier with the amount of things that are able to be done with CGI and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I can only imagine the restrictions being more visible, right? Because like you said, if there's a way people could take advantage and save some money on the back end, of course, it's the the right thing to do, right? To try to save as much money as possible. Uh, but being unethical about it too is really grimy in a world where, let's be real, These studios already are doing everything they can to make sure that they're doing shrewd business tactics to save a dime here. So can only imagine what's going to continue to come of this. For sure. And I mean, if you really think about it, like, and I'm not
2: talking about like uh, A-list celebrities. I'm talking about the other uh, actors, right, that sometimes there's a lot of time in between projects for them. And the majority of the time they're able to actually make money is off of residual pay, right? So if you have, if you take away the ability to, or you lower that residual pay, you're messing with someone's livelihood. And, you know, you're going to see a lot of actors uh, uh, that you've seen in different projects. If this doesn't get resolved, you're going to end up seeing them, uh, you know, out of work in terms of Hollywood and either going trying to uh, to do more independent films uh, and and independent shows or getting out of the industry altogether. it's not it's not really like and and you know this as much as I do, chris like the 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 film industry is not as glamorous as people tend to think it is. Like the people a lot there are really a lot of really nice people, but the ones that you meet that are in positions of power will take advantage of you every step of the way. Every step of the way. And I think this is this is just a a, a this is a bigger aspect of that of how Hollywood actually is. And this I'm glad to see that every a lot of things are starting to come to light. But, you know, for like Bob Iger you know, recently came out and and, and said that, you know, what, what they're asking for is unreasonable. I don't see how it's unreasonable. I don't see how it's unreasonable to want uh, uh, to be paid for your work. You know, that's, that's the the least you can do.
1: For sure. And And I think it's really important that they're, is a united front and there's a way that they can collectively get their voice out there because imagine this doesn't only happen in filmmaking this happens in every single industry right it's about profit in this world of capitalism and at the end of the day if there's someone that's willing to do it for cheaper that's who they will go to to do it uh we see this in a lot of different sports so um the fact that they're able to come together and have this collective voice is great right it only spells for good things to come from this in the future um but i would hope right MMA some other a couple different organizations will follow suit right and realize that the only way to really get these things addressed in any sort of way if at all right because it's not guaranteed that they're going to get what they're asking for but the only way to get these issues talked about is to have a collective voice um so yeah re- really hoping that right make them bleed make them sweat make them feel yeah. the effects of what you're doing. Um, so that they understand why it's so important and what you're asking for. Yeah. I am
0: curious if we're going to see a president being set for visual effects artists as well, sort of uh, all these different positions mm-hmm. uh, in the studios as well. Because I think even recently we've we've heard a lot of you know uh, terrible stories about you know working conditions and how you know artists in general are vastly underpaid um, in spite of all the work they're doing in post production um and so i think those definitely another group of people that i think sort of need to be represented uh at some point but of course you know right now the focus is of course on all the actors but but you know this is not about the jessica chastain's or the tom Hanks. this is just about everyday actors who are trying to make a living um and even if you know their role is five minutes long at the end of the day they're a human being who deserves to be paid accordingly Uh, and i think everyone should and hopefully we'll agree to agree to such the sentiment. So um oh, yeah. I imagine good things will come with this. Uh I think um the studio's choosing to continue production um you know I think speaks to their um immoralness, if that's even a word. Um like even as recently and our season two just uh shut down production. Um because I believe uh actors and uh, writer or and crew members on the actual set uh, began protesting. You know, I think we're going to keep seeing more of that. Um, a lot of you know movies and TV shows are being pushed back. Um, but the last thing I wanted to mention too was I think you know a common idea would be to not support you know these movies coming out, um, and TV shows coming out. It's actually quite the opposite. I think, um, Sag, I'm going to keep protesting. Sag has just um, As Albright said, that watching these movies and watching these TV shows is inherently a good thing. The reason being is because studios can play the card of, oh, not enough people watched it, then we can go on and cancel it and then therefore, you know, millions, potentially, well, not millions, but, you know, thousands of, of individuals are without a job, you know? And I think, you know, Derek, you brought up point of viewership numbers. Those decisions are never provided to us. I mean, the most we're ever given is whether or not, we see huge dip in viewership, but again, you know, whether they consider success is social objective, you know? Um, And it's just difficult, especially from a streaming standpoint, because like the way they generate profits is, it's so different than just a traditional, you know, movie. It's very easy to sort of see if a movie does really well in the opening box office weekend and do this amount, you know, streaming is all about, you know, racking in the viewers and if it's, you know, just the tiniest bit off to them, they'll already cancel it. You know, and I think that's, that's just wrong, you know? Um, so I'm just hoping that studios don't get that idea. Um, I just, you know, figure out a message out there is, just to keep supporting these movies. Um, but don't do like active promotion. Cause then that's also helping the studios too. You're giving them clout. You know what I mean? It's better to let them keep wasting all the million, you know, you waste a million of dollars going to be like, okay, oh shoot. Like we don't have a lot of money to spare, but you know, what money we can spare. Give it to the very people that are helping us make these movies in the first place, you know. So,
2: yeah, I think um, to be honest, I'm actually glad that uh, they went on strike because there's a lot of, um, I think there were, there were a lot of projects that were that were in production that I I I, I didn't want to see go through at this point. The biggest one I can think of right now is Deadpool three. I I hated the idea of them going through that movie. Uh, through through the writer's strike because it meant it meant that Ryan Reynolds wasn't going to be able to go off script and do ad-libs in the film mm-hmm. which is the whole essence of Deadpool right like he's supposed to be this you know smart smart aleck type of character that that really you know um, uh, uh, can go off script and then can come right back onto it right so I wanted to see them do it the right way. So I'm I'm glad that that is it's off, uh, right now. But I think that you know, this is going to be one of those things that we're not going to see end anytime soon. I I, I hope, <laughs> I hope you guys are prepared to watch some some shows that you haven't seen before and just go back and watch those instead. Mm-hmm. Because we're not we're not going to see anything new for a long time. I don't think um, unless it's been a it's, unless it's on its way uh, to release right now. I don't. I personally don't see this ending. Like maybe within the next six, six to twelve months. I, I could, I could see it still going for another year or so. It's, it's going to be a minute before this thing ends. Um, I also have expect a lot of guys that, that are prideful. You know, so. Yeah.
0: I, I do expect, and honestly, so I think, in, in, in the short term, I, I do expect production of films to cease. I do expect really safe speed to be shift because of the uncertainty surrounding um, the end of the strike. I do, however, think that production is going to be mostly consistent for the wrong reason. And the simple reason is because studios try and be cost-effective and they're gonna try and cut corners. And I imagine that all of your popular TV, all of your favorite TV shows, all your anticipated films, I think their budgets are going to be reduced substantially. Um, And so whatever crew members they somehow secure for these movies, you know, I think they're just going to keep doing what they're doing in spite of, you know, being actively protested against. I think, you know, studios, because they feel like they have to sort of pump out product, you know, I think they're going to try and push out as much content as they can um in that regard now the question is will the quality suffer yeah. absolutely and that's another thing too good luck because if you're going to go down that route which i 100 percent believe they will you're you're proving everybody's point <laughs> you know what i mean like you
2: know what i mean yeah. like you're
0: not listening and you're just going about things the wrong well,
2: way see the one thing the one, one thing reason why i don't know if we're gonna see because i mean there are there are some uh productions that will continue like game shows um yeah uh i think um productions that consist about like um that uh the content are about like learning so like animal planet type of things i think those productions will continue um because i think they follow the guidelines of of the um of the um the strike or whatever but <laughs> we're not in terms of film and movies, uh, if you're not a union member, like you're not you're not getting onto these major studios to do the to do these uh, projects. So mm-hmm. I think that's where it's gonna we're gonna see the shift for uh, a lot of independent filmmakers. I think for the non union uh, writers, non union actors. I think it's going. This is going to be a good time for them to shine. Uh, I think I said this before on here, but I, I really believe this is going to be a big time for um, uh, podcasts because you're going to have networks that want to to lease shows because they're not going to be able to to put out content like that. You know, and I think this is this is this is going to actually be the time period like with the last writer's strike um well, that's when that's how reality tv was born so i think that that's where that's what's going to work uh happen with with this time period i think we're going to see uh, a podcast production taken to another level because networks don't have they won't have any new shows you know i think you're going to see a lot of more radio shows on tv like the breakfast club and all that like because now they're on bt and uh, i think um another network as well but um i think we're going to see a lot more of that when i it's, it's between that and and um game shows where it's just going to be i guess their time to shine <laughs> <laughs> so i guess you know unless you, know, you don't want to watch reruns or old movies you know prepare to watch wheel of fortune for a little while because it's going to be a minute (laughs) it's going to be a minute before this uh, ends man I I don't see I I I honestly don't see this ending anytime soon it's going to be a while yeah I just think that I think there are there are unfortunately a lot of celebrities
0: who have these established relationships with studios You know, and I think so, you know, with their influence and sort of all all their individual connections, they can probably jumpstart a ton of projects. Um, And I think we're going to see a lot of Transformer situations where we're just going to start hearing of movies or really in the last ditch attempt for studios to try and make a profit. They're just probably going to go into production without a studio or without a studio, (laughs) without a script. Which I don't even think they can do, actually, according to SAG. Because they can't improvise, so that means they have to like, I don't know. I, by the way, I'm not justifying it to, to put it out there. I'm just curious of like the different measures that you know studios will take. I'm
2: just, it's kind of interesting to think about, you know. But see, that that's that's the whole thing about the union. If you're if you are a part of the union, you are not allowed to do any of those things. Writers technically cannot write right now. You know yeah, what I'm so it's like that's why I'm saying this is gonna be this is gonna take a long time uh uh for anyone to see any any new project i mean by the time we get to actually see blade Herschel ali might be a little older probably like 65. <laughs> you know, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> i just like i don't know man i'm 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 optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I I just I think it's gonna take a long time for for studios and streaming sites to say, okay, you know what, we were wrong, because they're not gonna admit that they were wrong. You know, they they might come up off of you know a little bit of what they were talking about before, um, at least in the next couple of months. But for them to actually get uh, uh everybody
1: everybody back on production, that's gonna be a minute, man. Yeah money money is a cruel bitch let's be real because that that's the reality of it i'm sure the margins work out right and that that's why in their minds it's like well we've been doing it this way and in their head i'm sure they they've been given too much already so the fact that they're asking for this is sort of brazen um yeah like i said i hope other industries continue to follow suit because uh this is happening every day (laughs) and it's not just filmmaking people trust oh yeah hey look running backs NFL. Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. That's a mm-hmm. whole
2: different thing. But I think we're gonna send end of scene strike with them. Like that'll be crazy. That'd All be... the running backs. Yeah. Sure. The only running backs gonna be Jalen Hurst, Josh Allen, and, and Lamar Jackson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Put them
2: in shotgun to the direct snaps. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not sure that would be bad for the league, hell. All it wide wouldn't. receiver spreads, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be chaotic. <laughs> Nuts. But I think that is a perfect time for us to move on to our featured presentation. But make no mistakes of whose side of this war we're on, right? <laughs> we are for the people. Get your bread, please. Um, and hopefully these real moments of change can lead to actual change. Uh, but with that being said, our second of the big trilogy so matt you said something before the show that i think it's important right that you just make your case for this off rip we're not even going to discuss the film yet all right so why don't you tell the people what you said and why don't why don't we decide whether you're wrong or not
0: i i said that uh so the rings The two towers is the best second movie of all trilogies ever
1: and why is that good sir what is your defense
0: well I think you have to consider what the purpose of this film was right I think from an objective standpoint right the two towers main priority was to set up what is to come in return of the king right and I think you know movies in general can really suffer from An excessive amount of exposition, dragging on for far too long, things of that nature. But what I found so riveting about the two towers compared to Fellowship of the Ring is that, in spite of there being multiple storylines, the one following Aragorn, the one bits running Gandalf, even the one with Frodo and as well as uh, Pippin and mirren I think all of their stories connected in a very meaningful way. And I think ultimately allow you know these characters to go on their respective arcs and obviously let us as an audience really connect with them on their journey um and so I think that the movie just really excels at you know doing its job which again is for the most part you know setting up a lot of the climactic you know battle with Sarah um Saren or you're looking at you know Frodo and Sam's task of destroying the ring you know i just think many films who are faced with this task really can juggle all of these different things you know and i think as a whole um at least from a pacing standpoint i very much i mean in hindsight i, I watched the extended cut which is like 55 hours long so uh <laughs> in situations like that i'd be quick to forget a lot of scenes uh I'm always bad at remembering characters' names, but I think for the most part, I remember a lot of characters' names. I think that's as indicative of all of the quality of, of the movie, you know? Um, and yeah, so that's sort of where where I stand on uh, on Two Towers. I, I, definitely, like,
1: yeah. I definitely agree with what you said about sort of the purpose of the film and how it served. Um, but at the same time, There's just so many other options, right? So many other options to choose from. And I feel like that's where the argument becomes tough for me, right? Because I enjoyed the first movie. I definitely enjoyed The Two Towers more than the first movie. So I'm going to put that out there. Um, I'm not shitting on the film at all. I think when we get to our star ratings, uh, we'll we'll see exactly how we feel about that. But... um, I just feel like there is a case to be made for other films, even the the trilogy we most recently did with Godfather. Um, so if the debate can even start there, right? I can only imagine the other stuff that we could potentially bring up. Um, but I think it's important to note, right? This is the only trilogy, right? Of all trilogies, not just ones that we've covered, but of any trilogy to actually be listed in the top 100 of best films all time um by the american film institute so uh greatness is among us right we're talking about a great trilogy i'm not throwing shade but um a couple different names came to mind when you started the convo for me at least
2: yeah for me too um godfather 2 uh the matrix um i think they're, for me, there are a lot of good. Oh, actually, Toy Story two was really good too. Um,
1: i dare you put have to... Toy Story in this. Yeah, and I did three is better. But
2: listen, listen, I love animated films. So sue me. <laughs> man, that's all right. I I love them, man. And I, I think um I think that if we were to have a discussion on the best sequels, I I would say that. Honestly, this was definitely better than the first one. Like the first one, I felt like I was suffering through it. Um, but I was watching the extended edition too, so it's like that was four hours, four and a half hours long. It was just like, oh man,
1: but, that is insane.
2: Yeah, this one was this one was really good, I, 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 and <clears throat> I can say it was significantly better than the first one. So I think in that sense, as a sequel, it did its job. I'll just say that i think it did its job you're supposed yeah. to be better than the first one hmm.
0: so. yeah um what i will say is maybe i'll toss in a little hot take before we get into the the main course here but um yeah i think the product trilogy as a whole you know upon reflecting on it having watched it i think is it's super overrated i i'm gonna use my favorite line from no, I mean that's serious. I think it's super overrated. I, I, I'm gonna use my favorite quote from Family Guy, where uh, what's it called? where Peter talked about the Godfather, and insists upon itself. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: You're like a walking, talking bit at this point. I, you know that? Yeah, like, man. I, I, just... I can't even tell when you're when you're in it anymore. Like it, it's just it's just who you are. Man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, okay, we'll have to we'll we will have to have that discussion some other point because that's that We will be here
1: feelings. for a while. We will be oh, here for sure. a while. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but let's get on topic, right? Yes. Sir. Let's let's get into the discussion of this film. What we liked, what we didn't like. I think early on, um I like how this film didn't waste any time, right? We were immediately thrown back into um, our our same goal, right? We're we're making our way to Mordor, right? Um, So as far as the first half of the film and the the way everyone was reunited, I think it's only right that we talk about the scene where they were trying, of course, to find the hobbits and they were constantly a day behind them. Uh, One of my favorite notes about that, those sequences actually um when they were filming that first part in the very first scene when Aragorn Legolas and Gimli are seen sort of running over the top of the mountain uh you could see one of Gimli's uh shoes fall off and that was actually like not planned at all like that that just happened and then they left it in um but I I just love how they kept on emphasizing how Gimli was all the way in the back like struggling to make it and just constantly being like hey we're we're actually made for sprinting, <clears throat> not not for long distance running, you guys. Wait up. Uh, those moments were hilarious to me. Yeah.
2: I, I will say, though, about that, I, I kind of found it annoying that he always caught up to them. Like, for the pace that they were running, I found it annoying that he, he managed to always keep up every time they cut to another, to a jump cut. You know, like, if they, every time we were, you know, fast forwarding through time or whatever, he was always there so I, like that annoyed me with that part because they were running uh uh way fast <laughs> way faster yeah than he was but that's probably that that's that was my biggest note about that About that uh sequence yeah i mean he just, i like, kept, he kept pace i didn't like that
0: yeah I, I do have a counter to that i think he sort of answered he sort of answered you actually answered it in, in your response there which is like with how fast they were moving how, well how fast they were moving and how this scene itself was edited, it makes sense that he would naturally catch up. Because if you remember, there were multiple instances where Aragon was placing his ear on the ground and obviously keeping track of of the orcs as they were, you know, continuously moving on. And you also have to remember too, where when the orcs are stopped for camp and obviously a huge battle um occurred between all of them because they were trying to decide whether or not to eat the hobbits um it makes sense that they would naturally catch up at some point so I feel like mm-hmm. it, it makes sense in this thing because it'd be kind of weird like Grimly just wasn't present and then I know they're in the middle of like a huge battle and then he comes in out of nowhere so I'd rather have it yeah. be that than you know what I mean well because it didn't bother that, me too much but it, it's fair to bring up though
2: yeah I mean it's because of that I'd be like I'll just put them on a horse like they just found horses and then and that's how he was able to stay with them that that's my only critique about that part it just it didn't feel realistic for the pace that they were running because it's not like they were actually going to like cuz the orcs were complaining that they they weren't stopping you know what I'm saying like is that that one moment where they did stop to to um make camp that's when the battle began and mm-hmm. had they continued going i don't know that I don't even know if the elves would have caught them. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of like I was kind of debating on whether that was, you know, I'm talking about realism in a in a in a in a fictional story. I I get it. But that that was the one thing that that really uh, kind of like irked me in that in that sequence is like
1: I'm surprised you're so passionate about this. Like this is this is a Matt Torrado take with all due respect. <laughs> um, hey, so the, the fact that the fact that he wasn't on your side, I'm like I don't know. Derek might be tripping on this one. Like I, yeah. I'm sure. I, I probably, yeah, possibly no, am
0: Matt. No, that's fair. I mean, there are still like in in every fantasy there are still realistic elements, right? I mean, yeah. we obviously yeah. have to keep it grounded. Yeah, exactly right, and you know yeah. like. Obviously, there are a few sort of um, like weird things that take place. How horses are randomly summoned, or to your yeah. point, how all like characters can trot these extremely long distances in a like short period of time. So I think it is it is fair to bring up. Um, you know, I just wasn't bothered too much by it. Um, and I think what what carries it is I. So what what I will say is, this last thing I bring up. Sorry, I don't want to keep <laughs> dragging this part on is like it it's invented multiple times sort of how like aragon mentions they're like three days ahead or i think he said like either one day ahead or three days ahead when um i think it was pippin who like dropped the the elf pin on the ground so it makes sense that this that they're gonna keep editing the scene you know for it for like the movie to to keep pace basically you know what i mean right. so i probably went by faster than what it actually would be in real time you know yeah. um but I
1: think, yeah, the movie was awesome. I was going to say it. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, so what What other big moments? Obviously, the, the main event, right? The reason why we're here is the battle. And I think it's only important that that'll be sort of the last thing that we get to. Um, yes. But I'm the worst with names. I'll be frank with this. But the Hobbits got split up, right? And I think a, a big part of the journey that I loved Um, that they sort of highlighted on was Frodo and um, Sam Sam the, what was it, Sam what did he call himself? Sam the Wise Sam the Wise uh, goaded for real, but their character development and obviously Frodo's battle with falling into the temptations of the ring, that was a question that Derek posed to us last time um, and I love the way that developed throughout this film too, so what did you think of that Derek? Um Honestly,
2: I I I like even watching this it it showed me why my my perspective on the last episode like still rang true for this one. I still would have like Sam to be the one to carry it because Sam like seemed to be the one that was that wasn't as um tempted by the ring right he was even telling photo like hey he was trying to ground him at every turn they got um even when when Gollum came into play which i honestly and it might be it might sound weird Gollum is my favorite character i
1: fuck in with this Gollum, film, but he ain't the, he my favorite but he's, he's, he's my legit. favorite <clears throat> <laughs>
2: He's my favorite because he's so complex, right? Um, he's a bipolar character that um, you see the different sides. You see, you see Gollum, you see Sméagol, and I thought that you know, the 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 more that we got to see with him, and you saw how close he and Frodo started to become on their journey. Sam, you know. Sam was 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 mean to Gollum for sure. He he was he wasn't having it, and I think it's to me it's one of those things that Frodo seemed to be. Frodo Frodo seems naive, and I'm not sure that I really like like Frodo, man. I I, I something about him just doesn't. I don't rock with him too
1: much. I got to step in here. I got I have to step in here. I think <laughs> I think that this speaks more so to the what what is it what is it the trance that is the ring, than Frodo being easily influenced. Like I feel like if well, it was Sam in that position, similar things would have happened. Right over the course.
2: I I I would agree, but the reason why I don't is because the other people um I forgot his name um Bolimir, I think is his name in the first mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. um. He wasn't he wasn't even holding the ring, but it was just being in the presence of the ring that that turned him uh, insane. Right. And you could see different different characters take that that likeness on Um, even Gollum started to lose his mind the closer he got to that ring. But Sam was even killed. like he was he was there the entire time he was Sam and you knew he was what you the were adult in the room <laughs> he was the adult in the room yeah and and that's why I like to me i would have liked to see him be the ring bearer because he's the one that would have been you know like ready to fight when he needs to fight but he's also not going to be deterred by anything and that's what i like about him um frodo frodo just seemed to be a little he seemed to be weaker man I, and to be honest i I, I would almost I almost want to say like of all the hobbits that that are on this journey, um he and Pippin are the weakest. He and Pippin are the weakest hobbits and I don't know i I just sam I connected with Sam a little a lot more than 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 the other ones. And I think that, um his dynamic with Gollum was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was amazing because let's 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 imagine he was carrying the ring. I think he would have had that same perspective. like, I'm not trusting you. Frodo wanted to just just seem like he was just too trusting.
1: Yeah.
2: at every turn, he was too trusting. I didn't like that, man. I'm sorry. I, I just he was too. Fa-
1: he was way too faithful to the mission, right? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it, but it was like, almost, um, whatever it took to to get there. Like that's cool, but even in in that kind of perspective, you still have to have your boundaries. And I don't think he had his boundaries. Sam had his boundaries. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I can't I
1: can't rock with Frodo, bro that's the most we've seen him though sort of battle with this right and and that's what i really enjoyed about it i think i don't know i've I've haven't had a moment where i'm like i don't know this dude frodo's making questionable decisions like i feel like even when he has made uh and had those moments it's kind of like oh well at the end of the day it is justified right because we got to do what we got to do right so yeah uh, yeah. but but i'm interested in that storyline for the third one as well um but since we're we're on and on about our love for Gollum, i thought it'd be really important for me to mention this so um i think it's no mistake that we really appreciated his role in this second film even more so than the first um i don't know if you guys noticed right but the quality right of what Gollum is in this film entirely took a a huge step in the right direction and the story behind that is super cool so the actor actually andy circus um he originally was pitched the role and it was sort of told to him that he was going to do everything across three weeks in New Zealand, but just audio capture, right? And uh Peter Jackson was actually like so um, impressed by his performance at the audition that he decided that throughout the entire film from that moment forward, they'll motion cap him. So all the scenes where you actually see Gollum, he was actually there present, right? Obviously not in Gollum costume or anything like that, but in motion capture the entire time. Um, And I think that really added, not just to the scenes of just him, but just having him physically be there, right? And navigating, moving around these different places. Like it it added a lot of um, character, right? To Gollum and Schmeagol and all these different moments. Um, Even when they were crossing sort of, what was that area called? Like the swamps? Um, Oh yeah with the dead something of there, the right?
2: dead right the i think it was the oh the like it was that that great battle right
1: that mm-hmm. yeah, took I place the there back. Yeah. And then were, he was saying to not look into the light because we saw how Frodo ended up being possessed and basically almost convinced you to kill yourself, right? Uh, gave off yeah. very, yeah. very much so bird box vibes um, yeah. o- off of that. <laughs> uh, but all of those scenes with with, Sme- with Smeagol slash Gollum, I love how we even got like a two minute rant of them just going back and forth, sort of um, trying to to win the argument, so to speak. And funny enough, a lot of the times I find myself rooting for Gollum, even when I know he's tripping and I know he's um, sort of being swayed by the ring like everyone else. Um, I'm like, I don't know. I, I kind of fuck with him more than a lot of a lot of these other people, too. So maybe maybe Frodo isn't the, the perfect uh, protagonist that that I'm portraying him to be. Yeah, nah. I, I think um,
2: Andy Circus to me is the GOAT with motion caption. Um, because you see what he did with Gollum, you did see what he did as um uh Caesar in the Planet of the Apes. Um, and I forgot what other um which other one he did, but he he his like you said, his motion in this film like brought out the the character of Gollum. Uh, and you even that that dialogue between Smeagol and Gollum, like the edit and you know bouncing back and forth from side to side because golem is sitting at one spot and it's just camera on left camera on right and they keep bouncing and cutting between the two angles to get though that that um that uh like bipolar type of a feel that draws you in you actually feel like you're you're listening to two different characters talk. That is my favorite scene of this entire film, because that, that was so dynamic and, and the way they did that. Um, but I think Andy just, he's just, he, he's second to none to me uh, when it comes to motion caption. And, and and I love his work with Gollum. That that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. And I, I, I wanna, I would love to see I don't know if they're ever going to do it, but I would love to see um the uh transformation transformation from Smeagol to Gollum. Like if we did a backstory on Smeagol and you know how he became to want this ring so bad. I would I would love to see that movie. That story would be very interesting. So give him ideas good mind is they'll do it <laughs> cuz they will do it and actually
0: it's uh I guess I have a fun fact of my own uh wonder brothers okay. before the, the whole writer strike situation um either announced or unofficially announced that they are considering doing Lord of the Rings spin-off films so you it's know a maybe a a Gollum one is is on the table i i hope not um cuz 'Cause I really hate Warner Brothers with a passion. Um yeah. just in terms of everything that they do. Um but Ouch. you know, let's just hope that they they don't make anything that affects the legacy of uh of these films, you know. Um
2: that'd be interesting but... though. For sure. Definitely. That would be like a, very interesting. Like a Gollum origin? Yeah, because like think about it. Like they're talking to <clears throat> Sme- to Smeagol. Like, Frodo was talking to him and, and asking him who he was and all that other stuff. And it wasn't until that scene that I really started to look at Gollum. And I was like, hold up. He was actually a hobbit. So, I like, I would love to see what what took place to where he became this monster. And, like, how he's able to climb. Like, he's climbing down like like cliffs, like it's nothing. you know what I'm saying? like you don't see you don't see anybody else doing that, at least no other hobbits. so it'd be it'd be nice to see what um transpired to um make him into into Gao yeah. I have to I have to
0: disagree, and I think the reason being is <laughs> I'm not doing this this disagree. Um <laughs> that's, not, that's not Chris Lavin, <laughs> but, um, um the reason why is because I think like Gollum's history is so in, is so insignificant. I think his main purpose is well, that's not necessarily his purpose, but I think like telling his origin story was sort of demystify sort of the mystery surrounding his character or sort of how he came to become this, this creature. And I think he's really there to represent what becomes of you if you allow the ring to control you, you know? And I just think that having a spin-off film or TV series explaining all of that is just unnecessary because inherently he's just having a Bat Wars character arc that Frodo has, if you think about it, and still so does there's not... There's, nothing really that they can do that could, in my opinion, live up to, to what's being done here. I I think Gollum as a character works, works well as someone who, as like a suspenseful one, and really somebody who at the end of the day just represents the, you know, again, like the, the very, the worst possible version of yourself and how you become this very detestable and very desperate creature. And ultimately that his history just no longer matters. You know, I think that's sort of the point. I think telling the history goes against the very message that, um, at least in my opinion, the film is trying to come across. So that just, you know,
1: I fuck with you, Matt, but that's Cap. I mean, just think about this. Just think about this, right? (laughs) Just think about this. The fact of Smeagol and Gollum coming together—that within itself, like how they became one, right? That's that's interesting enough, in my opinion, to 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 make the story centered around, right? Uh, let alone when you consider, I think, I think a big part of it, in my opinion, is the fact that the trilogy is already over um, is why I I think it merits it even more, right? We're not waiting on this sort of storyline to play out. Like it it already is what it is. Um, So having that backstory, in my opinion, it would only add, right? It couldn't hurt. And, and the journey you could go across, I think just getting to learn more about, sort of the orcs versus the the hobbits and how these different things came about um i think the lore of it uh there's just enough on the on the bone to chew, so to speak um that i think they'll be able to make something pretty cool out of it but that's that's my piece that's very
2: interesting because i was thinking about that too when it came to the elves um or the, the orcs rather um again I said in the last episode, I haven't watched Rings of Power, so I don't know if this is addressed in that show, but I would not mind seeing how the orcs became, you know, they were elves before. So like how they became orcs, you know, I think certain certain uh, origin stories don't need to be told like Joker, for example, I don't really think we need to see Joker's origin story. You know, like I think he's he's a complete character and very well um there's a lot of depth to his to his character that we don't necessarily need an origin story. Would it be cool, you know, of course with, with um what's his name? Um Joaquin Phoenix's film, you know, we gotta see what is a possible origin story. But some characters I feel like they don't need it. I would love to see a deep dive on Smeagol Gollum, like like you said, Chris. I would love to see how that dynamic came into play. Um, was he bipolar prior to? You know, because it's very possible that that a wizard could have put a spell on him and, um, you know, caused him to be divided in some way, to where now you know he's he's got these multiple multiple personalities. Um, that's possible. Uh, the the development of the orcs, how they how they uh, uh, fell from grace, so to speak, to become what they are, um, look nothing like el- like elves, you know, like th- this whole thing that they're able to even grow out these uh, I don't know what the what the other orcs the bigger orcs are called, but the they're able to grow these guys. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like they're able to grow them and, and so like what is that magic? What what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like I would love to see how that came into play. So I don't know. Certain certain origin stories for me, I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, and that's just across the board when it comes to films. Uh I, I think certain origin stories make sense to, to, to me. Um, and those are two that I would like to see. The Gollum,
1: Smeagol, and then and then the works. So before we move on from the Gollum love, um, there was one other note that I wanted to drop. Um, that scene, which I, I respect your favorite scene being uh, that moment where Gollum was tweaking out by himself. Uh, but my favorite Gollum scene from the second film was um, after he brought them the rabbits and everyone's kind of like, oh, damn, damn, Gollum. Like, you, you... this is too much, bro. Like, we, we, can't, yeah. we can't get down like like you when it comes to this. And then yeah. he actually ends up cooking like a stew with the rabbit. And then you see Smeagol just is absolutely disgusted. Like so he like spit at it. There was no CGI there. That was all actually <laughs> Andy <laughs> spitting, Andy Circus yeah. spitting and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I love that moment. Literally, he's like, There's there's not much meat on the bones in the first place. And he's like, Yeah, but you ruined it basically. Yeah. <laughs> nah, bro, nah, you can't you can't do me like that, bro. You can't I mean that is the second time, right? I made a similar yeah. reference, but me on the yeah. bone, bro. That's not I don't know. That's <laughs> we're gonna have to go to the official review for that one because I, I don't know. <laughs> Nowhere near as bad yeah. as uh, Dick from Kansas, but that's a conversation <laughs> to be had another day, you know. Literally, the coach is challenged. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we need to have we need to have an official <laughs> review on this flagrant on whether or not it was a flagrant one or just a common foul. Um, But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think another origin story that I would like to see observed is of the Ents. Did anyone else enjoy that side story as much as me of the other hobbits? I'm sorry, I I don't recall your names, but um, trying to convince um, the, the Ents to join the fight as well. And then eventually what ends up sort of causing them to finally join was seeing. The sort of devastation of that area the forest um and that sort of character development i think learning more about what an ent is versus what a tree is and all, all that good stuff i think that'll be really cool too
2: yeah yeah that, that's a good question has to be... sorry oh no hey there you're good oh I, no i was just saying that would, that would definitely need to be coupled with something for sure maybe like the elves um mm-hmm. and orcs uh I don't know. I I didn't. I didn't find the ents too compelling, man. I was. How dare I was you. like, like they were cool. They were cool for what they were. Um. I don't know that I would. I need.
1: I don't I don't need those. In order to. I'm or biased. Anything. One of my favorite games I'm has ents involved, so I always oh. fuck with the ents, you know. But okay. okay. I, I I can I can understand. I I actually liked, just the way, they were so whimsical I guess is the word right like yeah, what did yeah, he say yeah. um the ants take a long time to speak to one another and sometimes like you have to decide whether or not it's worth even saying like before we before we even talk about it uh I found that line amazing because I'm like yo I wish I could yeah. tell this advice to a lot of different people in my life uh yeah. but whether or not they'll take it is on them so uh I, I fuck with the ants I like I like that initially they had them on the ropes wasn't willing to help And then only only when they saw the way it was sort of affecting their people, then they were willing to join in. Um, Yeah. But I just. Side note on the trilogy. Right. I enjoy the Mm -hmm. fact that obviously we have the same common goal and it sucks that we don't get the answers. Right. Usually in, in other trilogies, we're not as on a cliffhanger in my opinion as we are in this trilogy right where we know what our goal is from the beginning but getting there takes us three fucking movies so um (laughs) i I like the the pacing of it as a whole i think especially this one was better than the first one as mentioned before Um, but i'm interested to see how that continues to track in in the third movie right this is the payoff this is what we've been waiting for uh whether or not it's fully worth it or it fully hits home is to be determined but We got to talk about the best part of the damn movie, in my opinion. Wait, Uh, the battle of the helm. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I didn't get to talk
0: about the freeze. Um, no. What I wanted to say was like, after reflecting on it for the past couple days, I I was definitely with Derek because I I do think that it is the weakest arc, but also the most beautiful one because i think sort of taking trees of all things and making them these very wise and almost endearing characters was super interesting i think treebeard was like hilarious and sort of the way he I, I i think back of the scene where like he's trying he's basically telling his stories like pep and the mirror and anna falling asleep on his shoulder and then obviously it puts them to sleep. So I think just the whole idea of the forest on uh, all these ants, and all these trees, you know, being able to communicate with one another, I thought was very interesting. Something I, I definitely would have never doubt thought of. And to sort of see them, you know, participate in in this huge attack on Solomon's Tower, you know, um was was damn cool, I will say. Um, just to sort of see all the power and might that they carry. Um and I imagine that um this is not the last we'll see of them. So, anyways, I just want to get that out there before we talk about the uh, the last part here.
1: I love that we just got some good giants on our side, right? There's enough evil giants in the series. <laughs> we it's only right we got some good guys on the team now.
2: <laughs> yeah, what was the name of the um? I'm sorry, what was the name? What's name of that uh black cloak character? The um like the siren or something like that. Um the, the ring race flying. yeah them <laughs> again did you did you feel like they were weak in this film too Like yep. we talked about how they were weak in the first one i felt like they were weak in the, well one they, is they said that well Gallum said they can't be killed but we're only seeing one in this film you know I, so i'm wondering wondering one is that the, the the chief one and two how did he get a dragon yeah. Like why is Gandalf still on a horse? I I'm still not understanding that. Like <laughs> why is he on a horse and not a not a dragon or something like that? Like why are we not flying over like we said in the first movie? I mean the, first, the last episode, how is he not flying over Mordor?
1: Kobe and... yeah. just throwing um, it in. There. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh <laughs>
2: I
0: think the cheapest explanation would be that he simply doesn't have the same powers as before because he obviously transitioned from being getting off the Grey to Getting off the White. Um at the same time, the only key difference that we're given is that he's he represents what Solomon or it's like Sol, like Solomon, Sol, Solomon um is supposed to be. Um you know. And speaking of Gandalf, actually, I really love the scene of him um sort of removing the trance on the king from the king of Gondor. Um yeah, was really, funny. really uh um uh, not oh my goodness, all well directed. Um and I think even the CGI Jabby using the scene to sort of remove like the cloudiness in his eyes, um was very impressive. You know, I mean this like I said, this movie came out I think in two thousand two. If I'm not mistaken, and so much of it looks deeply impressive, you know. So, I figured I get that out That's there. I didn't want us to. Yeah, I know. I just didn't want to uh, to forget that. Uh, before we move on to the to the last arc here.
1: All oh, great shouts! I've got so many like cool individual moments that I want to key on, as far as this entire battle, but. Did this first battle live up to the hype for you guys? Like how how do you feel about uh the execution and the way everything played out? Fuck yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was really um well done. I, I like how the battle actually began um because you had uh, the the one um archer that had his, you know, he's he's pointing his bow and arrow uh and he just got nervous and released the arrow and it was like almost like he wasn't even trying to but the arrow caught that one orc in in the neck (laughs) that killed him like and that's how the battle began it was no you know i don't really think there's another way to like kindly like say like on your mark you say go type of thing right it's like we just gotta go for it, and I, I actually, I enjoyed that part of it for sure, like how it began, because it's like, all right, and the king was even like saying, like, and so it begins, <laughs> you know. And what he was annoying as hell. Yeah, I hate him, bro. He's so irky. he's annoying as hell.
1: How, how are you,
2: the king, and not battling? no Legless
1: is cool. Legless or... is cool. Still, yeah, yeah. King
0: of yeah King name the oh my goodness um oh, oh. no not deal Dioden King Dioden because his, yeah. his Dioden, son yeah, was T, was yeah, Dio, yeah. yeah his son was Diodred. he was the one who uh died during battle there you go yeah he
2: uh he was annoying because there's no way gotcha. that you can um as a king all you're doing is just standing there shouting orders like you gotta you gotta get your hands dirty bro. He's supposed to be really? out there battling with these guys and he's just standing back and then all of a sudden as things start to break down it's like oh yeah let me go do things. i i no respect <laughs> well and
0: <laughs> no respect. i i 100 agree i think um what you said there is, is, is alluding to something that i think is gonna is gonna happen in the next movie because if you guys remember who's the rightful heir to gondor Oh but listen, yeah. I I'm unaware. It's uh, Aragorn.
1: Yeah.
0: Remember from the first from the first movie. So
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I think uh there okay. you you hit the nail right on the head. I think you know his his soldiers, um, you know, all of his followers are, are going to want to change in, in kingship,
2: I imagine. So I think I'm looking forward to that scene.
0: Very Buddy much so. Was
2: weak. Buddy was weak, bro. That battle was was high octane though it reminded me of um a lot of the battle sequences in game of thrones like this one battle Battle backwater yeah oh yeah yeah this this one was was really good i i enjoyed this battle more than the other battles that we've seen all uh, up to this point with this film because there was so many things going on like you had uh legolas and what's the what's the dwarf's name again grimly i'm not they're counting their kills right it's almost like they were playing Halo or something they just they're counting their kills and and, and going for it that was I I could appreciate it it's also weird though because it almost seems like you're a little distracted in battle which is wildly I was like come on (laughs)
1: especially when especially when Gimli was getting cooked you could tell it it mattered to him so much he's like nah I gotta catch up Um, I love
2: their dynamic though yeah sure. i i think
0: really that this that core uh aragorn legolas and grimly are just you, you could tell they had like the actors of that like, great chemistry and the shines on, on the screen um and speaking of that sequence the the one part that did bother me was when aragorn and grimly sort of go around the side exit of the castle of it's mm-hmm. helm's deep they're at right helm's, yep.
1: deep? helms mm-hmm.
0: deep and like they're literally on the bridge right? or whatever. Like Aragorn tosses him, and obviously stopping the orcs from like breaking through. But did you notice like they were just doing going at one at a time instead of like yeah. charging? And it didn't bother me more kind of. And even though it was it was good because it was consistent, is that when he did a like a like sort of a pull away shot of like just to see like the the huge scope of the battle, and all the orcs coming in from these different directions you can see them like in the corner on that bridge fighting and they're still going at a one-on-one like one at a time i'm like that is so inefficient
1: (laughs) and it goes against their strategy too like early on when when they couldn't get sort of full access to the castle they were just throwing fucking orcs up there, just yeeting them up there. Yeah. And then I love the reaction too, where you see them like, oh, oh, like, oh shit, like as they're landing, and then as soon as they land, it's just smoke. Like as soon as they land, they're just trying to like, catch fire. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious.
0: Um, yeah. but uh the best part arguably was and I think we haven't really touched upon this, is the music of this trilogy, at least yeah. thus far, phenomenal. Soundtrack. I think it really phenomenal. brings like a like an epicness. Um and in a cinematic quality, um, you know, and I think that it really elevates a majority of the scenes, and I think, uh, this this is proven when obviously Ganoff locates um Carl Urban's character Iom e- or something like that, the guy who was banished from Gondor, um, oh, yeah. and obviously like they like they're charging down the like the the hill. And the aura coming out of them, and you hear that music blasting in the background, yeah, fucking amazing. That was so awesome, um,
2: yeah. you know. So that was another had one of the scenes that was kind of like, this is.
1: Oh, here we go, here hey, we go. I'm sorry, Matt. That's
2: that hill was way too steep to be charging down like that. Oh my god, <laughs> bro! It's a it's what? a fancy it's a fancy. I'm sorry, I'm know. blowing up. I, I got... know. <laughs> Come on, man. Trust me, I know. I'm annoying myself watching it. But it's like <laughs> that was that was what I was thinking. I was like, this Gandalf is way too old to be in the front, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's a fact.
2: That's a fact. But well, the, the I... strategy.
1: He he all the
2: all the orcs and then it was amazing. I agree. It was amazing. But <laughs> None of them got Had him stabbed. raising an eyebrow. N- none, <sighs> none of those or none of those horses got stabbed at least. You know what I'm saying like when they were charging toward the orcs none, none of them, even even if they're blinded someone should have got stabbed. You know what I'm saying like it's I'm not sure. going to be that perfect. <laughs> I'm sure it's too yeah. clean for you. It was, it's way too clean. I, I think it speaks to the clean.
1: power though. Well, and oh. I also
0: think yeah, yeah. there's there, there's limitations in in uh, the rating too. You know, I think they only show so many depictions of, of of violence, you know, um and I think honestly there gets that's, that's a fair point to bring up, right? If this was rate rated film I think you know I'm talking about you know Game of Thrones level but I think it's comparable right in terms of what yeah. they're doing um you know I think it make you know some scenes take home even more you know but I think um you know being able to show the aftermath of like carcasses and corpses and stuff like that you know um I applaud them for for trying you know given yeah. the given okay. the constraints they had
2: also this is 2002 so like i'm I'm criticizing it but in o two we weren't seeing a lot of gore like this you know I think yeah. that was still kind of brand new to what what we're what we're used to now so i mean i I, I give it a I give it a, I give it a break I give it a break yeah. it, it it is it is a fantasy film as well so but it's just those little things those little details that that I was just paying attention yeah. to that just it just it didn't feel like it was grounding it. Like I would've liked to see the hill be a little less steep. Cause especially when, <laughs> when they were charging down. It was almost like they were on a roller coaster. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like like no horse lost its balance. No mm. horse lost his footing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's weird, bro. That's weird. That's 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 not real. <laughs> but again, we're talking about a film that has a ring that speaks to people. So I like I get where I'm you know I'm I'm it's a losing battle I get it I, but
0: you yeah. know um you know I, I guess you know yeah and also yeah, two yeah. things though I I, I yeah <laughs> two things I did want to bring up um was for I I actually have a fun fact Chris okay. and I don't wanna I don't want to sit you done there um at all but uh during uh the scene where um murder or I' say Carl Urban tells the, on the you know, uh Aragorn and the others to to find the hobbits. He obviously Aragorn kicked that helmet. Um fun fact, Vito Morgerson actually broke his big toe doing it. <laughs> fun fact I think he either broke see, or this is, it or this
1: is why you gotta show me my respect, okay? Because it wasn't only his big toe, he broke two toes when that happened. Two
2: toes, and <laughs> yeah, the
1: actual take is in the film is the actual take where he broke his toes and funny enough him screaming like that the reaction to find to him thinking that the hobbits were dead right that was him actually screaming out of pain like because of how he felt and it was used for in that context so uh yeah he went through hell for that for that for the for the sake of the film and he even mentioned too that the only reason he even let anyone know uh, was because he had to obviously get medical attention for it. But he was saying that the people on the stunt crew, because he wasn't a part of the stunt crew, the people on the stunt crew was getting cooked like that on the regular. He was saying like that, that was normal for them. Um, so he he even felt bad sort of getting glory for it. But uh, yeah, that was all captured in the actual final battle and yeah. actually breaking two of his toes. Wow. And I got yeah. a couple little notes like that for this battle sequences as well. So... Um, in total right we've got multiple months i think it was five months of shooting as well as 20 hours of uh actual footage from this actual battle that they had to cut down obviously um the filming of these helms deep sequences was so grueling and went on for so long um that at the end they gave all the extras sort of free um t-shirts to commemorate the experience of people obviously that lived out there in new zealand so on the front of the shirt it said "I survived Helms Deep," um, but the letter M in Helms was like struck out, so like made it seem like hell, like hell's deep. Um, <laughs> apparently it was like super hot and and all that nasty gritty stuff there while they were shooting. Um, another part that I really loved um, that I thought was one of the best scenes of that battle um, was the one-eyed warrior, right? So he turns to the camera and then you see his just mangled oh, yes. eye socket. Um, funny enough, the performer who played him, uh, showed up as an extra and was just wearing an eye patch and (laughs) Sir Peter Jackson was like, hold on, hold on. Let me, let let me see this. Let, Let me see what you got going on. And initially he was like, not for it. Um, but after some time they did some work on it obviously and then he was like let's do it and he's he actually admitted that after that it sort of helped him be more comfortable with his condition in general uh Uh so a nice little wholesome moment to come out of that as well um and i thought that was just an awesome moment too like when it happened i was like oh shit he not new to this he true to this Uh, (laughs) because his (laughs) eye was mangled literally yeah um and then what else do i got on this um oh yes. so the total body count In the entire trilogy up to this point is 468 so i thought that was a funny thing to add in there um that's counting orcs yep counting everyone Wow. wow and so this is a funny little blunder i don't know if you guys noticed this i actually noticed it and it bothered me while i was watching it um in the scenes at helms deep legolas's eyes are brown um even though throughout the series his eyes are blue um, the reason being is apparently Orlando Bloom left his blue contacts for a couple of days, and they were just like, <laughs> "Hey, we got to keep shooting." Uh, So that I was funny. I knew something looked different. Something that about I noticed. Him. I, I didn't yeah. pick that with that. I knew something <laughs> looked different about him, though. That's interesting. I, I thought I was tripping, and then when I saw it, I was like, yeah. "I'm gratified." You see, I know, I know, I have a good eye for a reason, right? For these kind of yeah. things. Oh,
2: that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. I don't, and I, then I, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, one one last side note, apparently our director, Peter Jackson, was actually seen in one of the scenes wearing chain mail at Helm's Deep, and he actually throws a spe- a spear at one of the attacking orcs uh, coming into the castle. So I thought that was another funniest oh, side.
2: That was him. Yep. Wow. I didn't even pick up okay. Dope. Dope. I think one of the um one of the, the things I really enjoyed was that one orc that lit the fuse. You know, they were trying to mm-hmm. stop him and they just like Legolas, it's Legolas, right? He, it? mm-hmm. he he shot like thing like two or three arrows, and he got hit. But then he just dove, <laughs> he yeah. dove and went, went in there to light the fuse. Um, that one I I enjoyed that part of the battle too because it's it's like both sides lost a lot of members in that one attack, and you can still see just how uh, determined they were to come into that castle. Like it did not matter what was about to happen. They were determined to get in there. Um, but it it, it, it weirds me out, too, that you have this wall that's supposed to be this impenetrable uh, uh, thing, and the weakest spot is right there in the center. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's wild that's that's poor construction
1: <laughs> the one that's spot that will be hit first literally yeah
2: yeah yeah i like mean, put that put that on the side or something or hide it if you have to have it there right um but now nah, I, I, I
1: know i know i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we have become what we once hated no but it, it's fair
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's but i, I love that part of this of the, of the of the the battle too I mean there's that there was just a lot of um there was a lot of uh carnage after that explosion, right so I don't know man I, I thought they I thought they did a phenomenal job with that battle. I loved it
1: yeah the archers were my favorite thing like their their accuracy just putting yeah. in mad work bro Put, They didn't
2: in... even need to look bro like they there was people that were like almost on the ground shooting arrows and they were they were killing the work so They'd yeah be, um <laughs> and I think this uh the last thing I wanted to
0: bring up too was uh I am so bad at freaking pronouncing names I'll just easy for the, rest of the actors um when Sean Bean's brother in the movie um obviously came up I thought uh he was a very interesting character I think in the I think this is the case, at least according to what I'm seeing here on by Browser. Um, I think Chris, did you cause Derek, did you watch the extended edition?
2: No, no I didn't. after the first one I said no. Nah, okay. <laughs> did was, you guys no,
0: see a Boromir
1: <laughs> flashback? No, no. Did you see it?
0: That was in the extended edition. Yeah, that was in the extended okay. edition. So just to give context, basically the scene was um Continuity wise, before the meeting in Fellowship of the Ring, basically like his father, who's like the king of uh, like the, the very place that uh, his brother was in, um, basically tells him, "Hey, like the, the apparently the One Ring has been discovered, yada yada." And then basically, you also see the scene before that, like Boromir is basically like cheering on everyone, and he goes back into the ground and says, "Hey, for everybody, basically like let's like this victory or whatever," and then um comparatively Faramir is somebody that is just not very is not recognized uh is not praised very well basically his father views him father views him as a huge disappointment and so you know he reason he says i can go go get the one ring or whatever and then, and then the king says no i'll like let your brother do it because he won't fail me and everything so basically I want to start with what your thoughts were on the character, because having that flashback sort of helps, because you kind of see how Faramir is very just, like, jealous jealous in person, and sort of, like, the the very person he looked look up to, his own brother, ends up dying and is simply falling down the river in a boat, you know? So you can't help but sort of feel a great deal of sympathy for him after all he's been through, you know? Like, losing someone who's really close to him and then simply not being treated very well by his father. So, um, you know, I definitely can... You know, sort of relate to the idea, relates to the idea, and in some respects, in terms of at times not being recognized for your worth, you know, and sometimes having to having to go out and and do it yourself, you know, because mm-hmm. people ain't people ain't gonna do that for you. You gotta go out and uh, you know, do your own shit. So that's basically what Farmer was trying to do. But anyway, that's long with long with the way of saying that Farmer was a good character. I just wasn't sure if you guys also saw saw the flashback in the movie, so I was curious where your thoughts were on his character.
1: Yeah, I definitely read about that too. And I was like, I hate I hate that I didn't get to see it, but yeah, I ask him too much with these extended editions. So I am not gonna be able to do it, but I'm glad that you gave that context. Cause yeah, it is it is a really cool moment. And I think that's that's something that I honestly feel at times I wasn't able to appreciate enough. Like I feel like they really do wrap a lot of like loose ends with a lot of these different dialogue scenes. And a couple of times, especially like around the sort of exposition right before the battle like they they were a lot of different anecdotes that they sort of put through in the the scene with um Eragon's wife right and and all of that stuff as he was being tempted by this woman on the battlefield like there's so many different moments of context that like if you're deep into the story like that is so much more meaningful to you than it would be to someone like me just watching it for the first time um, so I, I think the depth to the series really speaks to to that, because like you said, these offshoot characters, uh, they still have these potential to have such big, you know, meaningful moments. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't get put into the actual film, but um, I, maybe one day I'll like check out the extended editions back to back. But that that's a commitment. That's a commitment right there. Yeah,
0: it was I don't blame, I don't blame you guys. So the movie's movie's already long enough. I think tagging another hour is it's too much. You know, y'all got y'all got some, some lives, lives. You know, so I've I never
1: even watched a four-hour movie like I've never done it. So, who Jesse knows? Lee? It should be fun. No,
2: you, no, really, oh, that gosh. one. Not, not about that, that one, I I sat through, bro. I like, I was glued. went no, by fast too. It, it did. It did.
1: Oh, you never watched the the Jackson Five B.E.T. film. Definitely not. I love how you said that. Like that was common. Like like they like they played that shit during the quarantine on national TV or some shit. Like, sure like, I, like, <laughs> like like I like I'm a disgrace for not watching that. Nah, I think
2: I think that film is somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six hours. God. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, no. <clears> yeah. I I mean they had that on ABC when I was a kid and and used to I, I watched a little bit of it but.
1: We got an intermission. Thing. <laughs> they said it was the Jackson Five. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna get five hours,
0: yeah, fam. Yeah. I have a thirty-minute commercial break. I need my bathroom.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I think uh, I think they do have the commercial breaks in there, but uh, it's just regular commercial breaks, you no know, intermission type Damn. thing. Yeah, yeah. If you especially if you watch it live, you gotta watch it. Like, I don't know. I, I think there's there's certain films I can do that with. It was just I wanted to watch the extended edition for this. But after the first one? I was like, hell no. Yeah. Now after the second one, it's very possible I watched the extended edition of the third one. Yeah. And I
0: think it also sort of uh I think it will help to alleviate your pain uh by saying that um you know that uh there's like thirty minutes of credits, so the runtime's kind of tacked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. um in any event let's go you know straight into, into our star ratings though i think uh, it's only fair to to wrap this thing up so which one do you guys want to go first
1: i'll hop on the wagon first because i alluded to it first right i'm the first one early on in the episode to mention it um i think we went i went three last time right or was it yeah I, I if i remember correctly i'm gonna go four for this one i really enjoyed this film i think um it hasn't given me like the ultimate man that was really worth three hours payoff just yet i'm really hoping for that in the third movie i i honestly i'm not really a fan of watching series of movies like this where you feel like it's kind of a tv show like that's how like because that's how it's going like I, i i like my i like my films wrapped up nicely um but I think I think this is really deserving. I really love like I said all the different moments of character development. And there's so much to to chew on really as a fan. So it makes sense why the fan base is where it is for these films. Um and just the execution across the board and all these different like anecdotes that we were able to bring up. I can only imagine how many other stories in general there are just because it's a, it's a clear huge undertaking to shoot these films with the the way everything is so extravagantly laid out. So um, I'm a yeah. big fan, and I'm gonna go four stars. Four out of five ain't that bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I'm.
2: I think I'm gonna do four and a half. Um, I thought that this was a really. It was significantly better than that first one. I, I like. I felt like I was suffering through the first one. Um, but this one like it. it like you said, Chris, picked up right where we left off, left off, and it did a massive job with that. So I, I I don't know man I think this was this is a great film um I'm gonna have to make my sequels list though because this this is yeah, that I was blasphemy I did so you said that
0: <laughs> <laughs> alrighty um I think I, I'm also on a four and a half four and a half out of five stars I I was teetering to a five um I think if I were to rewatch it again which would probably be in like fifteen years um <laughs> I I'd probably give it a five but I think there were just a few little elements here and there that that kind of bothered me um some of the realistic elements get lost a bit but yeah i think everything's impressive from filmmaking standpoint performance standpoint i can we all on, on and on but i think um i think we've done enough praise and i'm very much looking forward to uh you know uh doing return to king next episode
1: heck yeah looking forward to that wrapping our nice trilogy with a bow uh, but this is another awesome episode you guys thank you so much i um, looking forward to hearing what you guys all think of it and uh obviously looking forward to getting into our third edition so do not forget right if you're still here make sure that you're subscribed to us on all platforms ots media co and ots media on youtube so that you get all this lovely content brought straight to you if you if you stuck with us this long Uh, It's worth so please make sure that you give us the follows there and really looking forward like I said to getting some feedback so we could incorporate it into these episodes moving forward, Uh, but let's go upwards and onwards looking forward to episode three. We'll see you guys then. Have a good one. Peace.
0: Peace everybody.